Welcome back to the Yolk Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with my co-host Starcotus again. How we doing? I am doing fantastic. And then, of course, we're also with Madeline from Indiana. What's up? <laughs> hey. Uh, okay, so I've got a, a question for both of y'all. You ready? It's going to be a would all you right. rather kind of question. Oh, I'm good at this game. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, Cotus, you can go first. Would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or would Ooh. you rather be able to see 150 years into the future? Shoot, um, I want to say 10 minutes, because then it can judge, you know, like, if I'm hungry or something, I can be like, what am I going to be hungry for 10 minutes later, you know? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I see where Very your priorities are. Very philosophical. That's oh, yeah. right. All right, That's Madeline, what, what about you? I would also say 10 minutes. I think if you look too far into the future, you're just... <laughs> well, I guess... You'll melt too much. <clears throat> That's true, That's true. and... But my, my, I guess my question is, is, if it's 150 years in the future, like, do I know everything that's happened in the past, or do I yeah, only like, know the moment you that's know, happened like, 150 years? For example, like, what will happen 150 years if I do this? Like, how would it affect my ancestors? Not ancestors. What, whatever it would be, you know? Like, can you see that? Like, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I feel like if it was 150 years in the future and I knew everything that happened, like, previously, then I'd probably go with that. But, uh because I don't know, I could play stocks better that way, probably. But, <laughs> oh um, <laughs> hey, so 10 minutes in the future would go great with stocks, too, if you get at the right time. Um, I, I guess. I don't you know, know I, guess, I guess you know. <laughs> well, I, yeah, okay, anyways. <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, but uh, so, Madeline, uh, what we do here on this podcast is we talk about anything, everything biblical. So, um, we've had a couple of uh, demonology episodes. Uh, not really a huge like Satanism segment, um, but for all the listeners out there, uh, if you haven't seen Madeline's uh, TikTok, she kind of talks about her experiences or her discernment of spirits and stuff like that. So uh, we really wanted to have her on the show to kind of talk about it, you know, kind of uh, mm-hmm. learn us a little bit of, uh, of this stuff. Learn so, us? Yeah, learn us. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll start out. I just kind of want to get to know you a little bit better, Madeline. Um, sorry, Madeline. Where, uh, at what point in your life did you get saved? You know, I technically got, uh, I gave my life to Christ two years ago in March, but I don't think I actually submitted my whole life until last year of March. So really only a year, I would say. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. I know I was in a similar boat where I, uh, I quote unquote gave my life to Christ when I was like 14 ish. And then, uh, I didn't really quite start living until, you know, two or three years ago. So I'm right there with you. I yeah. feel like that's how it works a lot, though. Like, we get saved, and then it kind of, like, we kind of are on the training wheels. We don't fully, like, know what to do. Then later on, we fully get the concept. You know what I mean? I can agree with that. I've seen that pattern with a lot of people. Like, it takes a little bit till we get, like, off the training wheels, I guess. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I kind of like we were talking about before how God kind of prunes us. You know, I, yes, think, yes. Uh, I think we have to be saved before we can become the tree to be pruned. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, uh what kind of brought you to that salvation a couple years ago, originally at least? And then what kind of brought you to it the second time? Yeah, so uh, the year that I first went to church, I had a bunch of crazy stuff happen. Basically, I was dating a guy four years older than me, and we both became addicted to fentanyl. I don't know if you know what that wow. is. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's basically the most deadly drug for sure. In, in the United States, it's worse than heroin. Yeah. So, and, and it's often laced with very dangerous stuff. Um, yeah. So we we were addicted to that. And so for a year, I was like, 
robbing people and doing crazy what? stuff. I couldn't even go two hours without it. I would be wow, puking, vomiting, shaking, all this kind of stuff. And so obviously I was in a very uh, bad time of my life. Yeah. Um, and then my boyfriend, he overdosed three times. The first two times were <laughs> just like two or three minutes where he was like foaming on top of me and then woke back up. But oh the gosh. third time he was in a coma, his liver was black, his lungs were collapsed, he was going to have to get his leg amputated, they thought he was dead for 20 minutes. So that was oh the first time gosh. that I prayed. Wow, uh, so, I'm gonna, I, sorry for, for interrupting, but what caused I, you to pray at that point? You know, I I didn't really ever know God, but... It was just, I mean, he was dying. <laughs> you know, what else do you look towards? Um, because I, I wasn't into any other religions at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, just wow. wanted to wake up. That was really all it was. I didn't know anything about God or even think that it would work. Um, but, yeah. And then wow. um, he ended up waking up the next day and I left him while he was in the hospital um and then I basically had to withdraw for three months which is terrible it feels like your insides are dying and and in that time I was hallucinating a lot because Mm -hmm. I would be up for like three days straight because you can't really sleep and so I would hallucinate demons and things in my room really crazy things I don't really know if they were this kind of thing you know, I don't know if they were actually hallucinations or if they were actually demons. (laughs) I still don't know to this day. Um, Yeah. So I I don't really know how to answer that question, but I do know that I was hallucinating all the time and just, I, I lost like 40 pounds and all that kind of stuff. But since I had been dating him and on drugs, I didn't really have friends or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I had cut them all off. So I started going back to parties, even though I had started also looking into the Bible, but I started going to parties. Then I started getting into psychedelics, like Molly acid, shrooms, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I actually went to church for the first time <laughs> on Molly. Nice. <laughs> we all start somewhere. It says come as That's you right. are. That's right. Yeah. Come as you are. Um, <laughs> but as soon as I walked in and I really don't. I don't think this was the Molly because I had gone to an EDM concert the night before on the Molly. But whenever I walked into the church, as soon as I stepped in, there wasn't even a sermon going. I just started crying my eyes out. And it wasn't like a, my senses were being stimulated thing by music. Cause I was just at a rave and I didn't experience that there, but I did experience it as soon as I walked into the church and I was just bawling wow. the whole time. Wow. And, um, we went back, me and my friends, uh, four weeks in a row because her dad happened to be the pastor. See how things line up. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we went back hungover every week. But after about a month, I decided to give my life to Christ. I wow. didn't really fully know what that meant, though. So, yeah, that's how I first came to that, if that was the question. Yeah, yeah. No, that definitely answers it. You know, around here, you said, uh, funny how things happen. Around here on this podcast, we call that a godsidence right there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, jeez, uh, okay. That is a heck of a story that one I did not anticipate whatsoever. It kind of got me shaking over here. 
Um, wow. That, the, I the shake way... every time I tell it, too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, he just – so if you – this isn't, uh, I guess, a planned question by any means, but if you had one word to call God or to call Jesus, what, uh, what word would you say that he is? Kind of, kind of puts you in a weird situation. No, it, just love. But I feel like that's love. what a lot of people would say. But I would say love. <laughs> yeah, God is love. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking because because uh, the way he just delivered you from that and just seeing, you know, of course, wh- how far you've come since then. Um, and I, I have obviously I don't know you like completely, but uh, just seeing what I've seen of you and about you and stuff on like your page and stuff, like just seeing how far you've come is incredible. So he's definitely your deliverer. Um, wow. Yes, okay. So, so, so what's, uh, okay. So that was the first time, I guess that's the, uh, the original time or, you know, that the, uh, when you first found Christ. So, um, I guess you kind of backslid a little bit, kind of fell back into the drug scene or what happened after that? Well, you know, I never actually quit sinning. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know God and I felt God immensely every single time I listened to worship and I would read the Bible, but I wasn't convicted at all, really. I don't know why. Well, I kind of do know why, but anyways, so I, (laughs) um, basically after that, I started dating another drug dealer and, um, I started to get convicted whenever I dated him because I would go to church on Sunday and he would want to have sex and I mm-hmm. would be like no I can't do it on it it's a Sunday <laughs> um, yeah I feel guilty so that was Sunday. like my, that was my first conviction I was like <laughs> only only like the weekdays not Sunday I didn't get it then yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but he ended up he because I didn't want to I ended up quitting it all together with him every day of the week wow. and so he cheated on me with 10 different girls I don't Ooh, even know how wow. someone has that many <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's very, I don't know how that happens. But anyway, so I (laughs) left him and that's when I was like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm done. I thought I learned my lesson before, but then I fell back into it. Clearly I'm doing something wrong. Um, And so I got a job working with um, people who have special needs Mm -hmm. and I happened to get placed in an in-home care at the house of um a pastor and a pastor's wife also funny how that works right (laughs) god students that's right um so their son was he was deaf and he had autism but he would pray for me every night he would ask me if he could pray for me and that was first of all it blows my mind how he could even articulate words so well um you know it's it's really rare for people that are hard of hearing to do that But so they would teach me about the Bible all the time. And so I slowly started to kind of go away from drinking and doing all the drugs and cocaine and all that. Um, And then right whenever I really was just, oh, I forgot to mention a Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm a That's fine. Busy. I do that too. <laughs> so he he's a biology he's a biologist. Okay. So he teaches a class at a church that is in my hometown and it's on the the science behind a creator and he was doing like the cellular um 
like the makeup of how a live cell could have possibly happened without God and all this stuff. And so I was going mm-hmm. to all these classes and learning about that. And I was looking into other religions too, because I didn't really fully really know if I wanted God or not. I, I had a lot of questions. Sure. And so he was a really big help in the knowledge thing. Basically I had read the entire Bible before I actually gave my life to Christ. And I think that that was probably part of that pruning process you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, because I, I, that. I didn't even know what I was reading, but then by the time I got <laughs> saved, I was fully equipped. So that that's was what cool. happens. But yeah, whenever COVID happened, I basically just had like a bunch of mental breakdowns and cried out to God. And the craziest thing happened that night. I was up until seven o'clock in the morning, highlighting ev- like every single verse in my Bible. Like, whoa, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's so Where cool. did this come from? Yeah. And it was really, yeah, yeah that was really cool. And then um, I ended up getting. I don't know if you want to put that into another topic, but that was fascinating too. And I think that's whenever I really learned to turn away from sin also. Okay. So, so what do you mean just for, I guess, for clarification for the listeners here, what do you mean by getting delivered? Um, I had lots of demons <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, because I had been doing lots of psychedelics and I had been, um, like I had mentioned to you before, I had read the Satanic Bible and I was looking into Hinduism and Buddhism and I was really into astrology, all those things yeah. while I was technically thought I was saved by Jesus. Gotcha. And so I I definitely had demons. And the only reason that I know that I did was because I was praying to God and I don't even, I didn't know anything about deliverance. I didn't really know anything about demons. Mm-hmm. And I started praying for two hours, just casting a bunch of demons out. And I really don't even think it was me talking. And I was wow. laying on my bed, couldn't hear anything. Like the, the hearing had gone out of my ears and huh. I like physically couldn't get up. And I know that sounds scary, but it actually, it wasn't scary because I was peaceful at the same time. Like I knew it was necessary And then I don't, yeah, I don't know how to explain that really besides the fact that I guess it was like uh, God speaking through me to to free me from that. Wow. The Holy Spirit. Actually, you know, um, oh my gosh, there is a verse that talks about that. About the Holy Spirit speaking through you? Uh, (laughs) Wow. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, it's, it's in Mark, and it says, um, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Mm. I read that right after it happened, and I was like, wow, oh, that's crazy. Wow. I'm kind of speechless right now. Yeah, um, it seems like, sorry to interrupt you, Jared, but it seems no. like during COVID, a lot of people, like, I see this pattern, a lot of people came to God during this COVID season, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, it just oh, seems yeah. like all this bad stuff is, like, there was a lot of good secretly behind it. That's just what I've seen, I guess. Yeah, and I agree with you. And for some, it was literally, uh, I have a video of it on my t- my personal TikTok, I guess, because we have our, our podcast TikTok and then I have my TikTok. But it was, like, three months before COVID started that God told me that there was going to be a third grade awakening. And so, like, I used the hashtag, like, three eyes and a GA. And, uh, <laughs> and then... 
I had no clue what that was about. Like I totally forgot about it. And then uh, like four months ago, somebody told me that like of like all these people that had, you know, come to find Christ through COVID. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, um, Jarrett's so, a prophet. Uh, don't say that now. Okay. So, so here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people like claim to be prophets and stuff, but like whenever I hear somebody say, Oh, I'm a prophet or I'm a prophetess or that person's a prophet. I, uh, I always get super leery. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like what you mean. Yeah, I don't want to be a prophet because, like, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, uh, they're labeling themselves as a prophet, which exactly. that's true. seems a and little Jesus bit. Jesus didn't even do that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and he he uh, he waited a very long time to be like, "Yes, he did." I am, I am he. <laughs> you know, like he didn't even say like I'm the Messiah. He was like, "I am he." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it's, and I could be wrong about that last statement, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so. I guess tell us a little bit. About, so you said that you no. Okay, I've got a question. Sorry, my mind just went to a million different places. So here's my specific question for now. So, would you say that doing psychedelics opened a door? Absolutely. Okay. Like so. Go ahead. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of doors might uh, a person experience that they're trying to stay away from so they don't open? Um, I, I guess it's probably a very vague question, but. Uh, what are some examples of doors I might, I guess I could say? Bad doors. <laughs> you know, I was already deep in sin before I had ever done psychedelics. Mm-hmm. The main thing that it did for me was it made me, I guess this this is not a good thing, but in a way it kind of is when you look at the trajectory of how things, you know, came out. It made me look to the unknown so before I had never had any interest in the, in God, really, in anything of a higher power, thinking about the afterlife, thinking about anything spiritual. I never thought of any religion. Um, and whenever I started doing acid and Molly, it, it makes you think of those things. But I was thinking of them in more of a demonic way. Basically, I had just started looking into every religion known to man. Yeah. And they, I think I think I did, um, you know, I think that was like not really a spiritual attack, but, you know, spirits just trying to open my mind and try to show me, you know, a light that is really just a disguised Satan. Hmm. Um, but when it comes to sin, I was already so deep in sin that I don't really know if mine got worse gotcha. with, with those. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so you said that you saw demons. Uh, you don't know if you're hallucinating or hallucinating or not. Um, how would you describe, if you remember, the way that those demons kind of looked? Oh, it was different every time. There's really no way to... And the funny thing is, I haven't seen any since I've been saved. It was just... That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it could be helpful for some people that are called to that, but... um, That is true. So, it was really just a three-month period while I wasn't sleeping. And so... Obviously, I was very shook up. I remember going to my therapist and telling her I was hallucinating. She thought I was sure. <laughs> nice. But it was mostly just shadows. It wasn't faces. So I would have like I would have my closet door open, um, and I would see shadows, or I would be in the oh, spooky shower, thing touching me, or see mm. that 
my eye. I couldn't look in mirrors. I actually didn't look at myself in the mirror for a year straight because every time I would look in the mirror, I would see something behind me. And so oh, I that is scary. Wow. I got goosebumps right now. I can't, <laughs> I can't really describe the face because it was never like I stared at them. You know, like I yeah, would. I, bet you, <laughs> I wouldn't stare at them if I were you either. I'd be gone. But I definitely never saw, like, wings or anything crazy like that. It was always yeah, a shadow yeah. of, like, a human figure. That was really all it was. Interesting. So uh, the reason I ask is, is not to put you on the spot, but because I've, I've had a bunch of conversations because I'm fascinated, for lack of better terms, not in, like, a, <laughs> a too much of a, of a way, but, like, I just like to know my enemy, right? So I, I have a lot of conversations with people who claim to be able to, to see demons or they've had demon encounters or, sorry, demonic encounters, you know, stuff like that. And so... Um, it's interesting though, because I, every single person I talk to, I ask them, well, what does the demon look like? Because it's somehow, or like, it's, it's just interesting because everybody says the same thing. They look like shadows. Um, so there's this one person I was talking to one time. She, uh, she actually said that like, she, she did, she said she was a Christian, but, uh, she didn't necessarily like read the Bible all the time. So like, I was really leery about what she said. Um, but everything that she said matched with what the Bible says about demons and what the Bible says about, um, all these, you know, sorts of different spiritual warfare kind of things. And, uh, and so, but anyways, this one specific time, cause you mentioned mirrors, she said that, uh, the demons would actually kind of like use mirrors as like, and this isn't necessarily biblical for people listening, but, uh, she said that the demons that she saw would like use mirrors to enter different kind of like little realms or whatever. And so oh, it was kind of, kind of odd, but she always said that she saw demons and mirrors like every single time. I'm not um, looking in my mirror anymore, man. <laughs> I already hated what I well, saw. You think it- about it. Go ahead. Well, from what I've heard, because after that happened and after I, you know, stopped hallucinating, I was looking it up, trying to figure out, uh, basically in witchcraft, it's if two mirrors are facing each other, that's the portal. Uh, oh, man. How do you even get that to happen? Well, I sometimes people don't even notice it around their house. Just a little corner will be, you know, um, where you can see hmm. the that's, that's spooky. I'm not having mirrors in my house. I'm going to go break <laughs> them all right now. That's funny. Well, I mean, you think about it. So, Codus, I say all the time, like, a lot of things, like, maybe, like, Greek gods, you know, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, people get these ideas based off of legitimate experiences. So, like, I, I hear these this mirror thing, and I instantly think of uh, Bloody Mary, you know how... I was like, thinking it, the exact same thing, Yeah, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, well, you know, in elementary school, they're like, oh, you go to, go to the bathroom, close the door, and look in the mirror, say Bloody Mary, however many times, right? So, yeah. like, I feel like a lot of, like, crazy stuff or a lot of... Uh, quote-unquote fake stuff is rooted in truth in some way form or fashion there was i was watching a tiktok of this guy he was like it was a christian tiktok i think it was uh the one guy we had not josh the other one uh uh yeah loki i think it was his tiktok but he was talking about how like oh i can watch a horror movie i know it's not real god and then god said like you don't know that like i could make this real like this could very well be real something along that Hmm. line how like scary movies can easily be real like that all that stuff like as crazy as it sounds and as demonic as it sounds those Mm -hmm. could easily be real and those could easily happen i i I definitely believe that i mean not necessarily each story but i Mm -hmm, believe mm -hmm. all of those things are real i don't think that putting a cross in front of somebody is gonna do anything (laughs) yep but um that's my opinion on it yeah i don't watch scary movies i I can't do that like, I don't know Mm-mm. if you guys have ever seen Monster House, the old Disney movie or whatever. Mm-mm. No. Terrifying. I, it's like a <laughs> Disney movie. And I'm just, or like, like Coraline? That's, that's oh, terrifying. Uh-huh. I never watched it. Too scary. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or like I, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, that was scary too. I couldn't watch it. I I am yeah. a I'm a baby. I can't watch that stuff. No, man. dude, I'm right there with you. I've always like people always <laughs> ask me, they're like, dude, why don't you watch horror stuff? And it's like, why would I give myself nightmares on purpose? You know? I got better things to do, man. I I'll go yeah. watch the chosen. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> I think a lot of people like they just don't realize all the doors they're opening. And like doors can be exactly. opened. Exactly. That's in why my won't let me watch them. Right? But like there's so many different ways the doors can be opened. And mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, people are just like, oh, it's not that serious. Well, spiritual warfare is pretty pretty prevalent. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to go through it. You know, I just got really convicted lately on the music that I listen to. Ooh. I, I, I just, something about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know to not necessarily just worship, but a song that you could maybe, you could hear the lyrics and like use it as a way to think of God, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I sure, can't sure. listen to Cardi B. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> no. yeah not my not my genre no i struggle to to listen to a majority of rap and like i feel like my i can't speech, do it yeah i don't know but but yeah. nf okay he's oh, okay yeah nf is solid but like <laughs> I, I uh i struggle to listen to i don't know my excuse for not listening to rap is because i feel like it doesn't tell like a story it's just a bunch of mumble stuff and like it's talking about drugs and gangs and yeah it's a story i'm kidding it's, well <laughs> But it's not it's, like uh, the nineties rap, you know, like story. the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's true. We can make a song about being saved. There you go. I got a guitar <laughs> right here. We can make a song right here. All right. <laughs> um but yeah, so I just I just always struggle with that. So I don't know. I don't even like of course I'm in Georgia, so I like country. I don't know what y'all listen to. <laughs> but uh but the country that like comes out now is just like I feel it like sucks. it's garbage. Yeah, yeah it sucks. It's, it's it's modern music. It's not country. Yeah. So I listen to like two thousands country just so I can, you know, oh, keep yeah. going on with my day. Two thousand tens is where it, like just kinda that, just went down. That yeah, that's the the end of the the era there. Yeah. Yeah. So but uh yeah, but anyways, uh <laughs> yeah, we'll what get were we back, talking about? Get back into the, the juicy stuff. So um, so okay i i guess i want to ask you about your your ability to discern spirits can you tell us a little bit about that um okay so the first time that i really had somewhat of an inkling of it was after i got saved i would i was living with three girls and they were they were not christian but i would start to still um feel shadows i didn't see them i don't know how to explain it i would feel like presences (laughs) around my house and there was this one that was in this corner next to my roommate's room and i could tell that it was a woman i don't even know if women are demons all i know (laughs) is that it seemed womanly and i could just feel it and it gave it just gave me like a shuddery feeling and so I would go around anointing the house and stuff. They thought I was, they seriously thought that I was crazy because I was walking around the house with my Bible open. <laughs> I love that. Bible <laughs> it was, yeah, they probably still make fun of me for it, but I don't care. Um, and, but the, the whole smelling spirits thing, that one was, yeah, that's beyond me. I always had a little bit of like sulfur. Um, I just I, guess I would guess. Sulfur. That, that, that's what that was my thought too. Everyone says sulfur, but I don't really smell sulfur. I mean, I guess... smell like flowers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, okay. So, basically, I smelled the Holy Spirit first. Mm-hmm. I smelled that um, at a church in Gatlinburg. Um, in Gatlinburg. 
Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Tennessee. the oh, okay. Smoky Mountains. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't um, travel much. <laughs> well, you should go see the mountains. They're beautiful. But anyways, um, I went to that church, and I walked in, and I smelled something that smelled like essential oils or something. Mm-hmm. And I had never smelled it before, really. But I I got hit with the Holy Spirit whenever I smelled it, and so I was really confused. And I kept asking everyone, like, do you smell that? <laughs> and they said no. <laughs> and then my friend was like, do you want to smell my shirt? Maybe it's my cologne. I smelled his shirt, and it was not him. Um, so... I was going crazy for a little bit and then I got back home <laughs> and I went to church and I smelled it again at my hometown church. So then I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. I emailed those churches and I was like, do you have any um, perfumes that come out of your ventilators? Like during service or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, both of was them it like fine. really strong? Yes. Very so, okay. strong. I was like, what if it's just like a little smell? Like, was it that big? But I, well, it's that- a huge smell. It makes sense. Well, the thing is, I've always been sensitive to smells to where I'll get headaches. Um, like, really? I've actually broken up with two boyfriends before. Not because they smell bad. Like <laughs> I was <Yeah>. going to say. <laughs> but because their natural aroma was, it just didn't seem right. I, it was hmm. very weird. And huh. so I would be, like, unattracted to them. I couldn't smell them. It would freak me out, and I would get headaches, and I would leave. Um, Interesting. And so, but the thing was with the Holy Spirit smell, I wasn't getting a headache and no one else was smelling it. So I didn't know what was going on, but I found a bunch of verses. I started from Genesis, the beginning, um, to the end after that. That's for some reason what I thought I should read. And there's there's a bunch of stuff about, um, like holy sacred perfumes in the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And then, um, there was a verse in Corinthians that was um, talking about the sense of the spirit and sense of um, demons. And so that was confirmed for me um, because it was always around groups of believers, but the whole demon smelling one, that one was so weird. Hmm. Basically I was just walking around target, you know, do my work. Yeah. And I just smelled the most nasty smell. Or whatever his name is. I don't remember. No. You know, I wish it was him. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I smelled like the most putrid smell. I I couldn't even, I had to hold my breath for 30 seconds while I was walking past them. And I did not know what it was. I thought that was the most disgusting smell I've ever smelled. And I had never smelled it before either. It didn't smell like anything. Like, that's why I say it doesn't smell like sulfur. Maybe it's sulfur mixed with something else. It's just else. like an unknown smell. Yes, it was so It, it was says so in heaven, weird. like, once we get there, there's going to be new colors we've never seen, new smells we're not going to see, like, smell. So maybe, like, Oh, my like, gosh, I didn't think about like, that. I don't know. That's just what just hmm. popped in my head just a second ago. So maybe, you know, they got casted out and then they made their new own smell i don't know <laughs> well you know they say with, with every household every like family has their own kind of distinct smell so that's true and they are not a household member of heaven <laughs> yeah, they house. yeah interesting but um yeah it, it just kind of eventually i started smelling it on certain people and i this is how i would describe it it just smells like death i've never actually smelled a dead person but at first, to me, That's it smelled good. like a mixture of meth and death and feces. Interesting. That they almost like, rhymed. Well, was, yeah, yeah, yeah death, and, death and feces is a very distinct smell. 
Um, I don't and so, smell don't that, the so I don't. Well, yeah. Well, I don't, I've never smelled. Yeah, I've never that smelled that either. Um, but, oh, you gotta uh, come to Indiana, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, here in here in Georgia, we got plenty of heroin. That's our thing, apparently, in the mountains. Uh, so, but I mean, I guess no, it's everywhere. No good. But, yeah. No. I don't pay attention to know what we do here. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a good thing that you're, <laughs> you're you're still sheltered to a degree. I mean, yeah. I didn't know that there was any music other than Christian until I was like ten. Wait, so, really? Yeah, uh, my parents. That's were... great. Well, no, I, I'm very thankful. Like I tell people that, and they're like, "What? Your parents are like super strict." I was like, "No, they're actually super relaxed. It's just they." I wish you know, I like, me. had that. Well, I think uh, it was good because they they kept me from all the garbage of like Your the dad world. Seems I cool. guess I see him on TikTok. He seems yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's, he's he's a really cool guy. Like, if you ever go on like road trips with him, he has the coolest stories. But uh, so my dad, he uh, he in the '90s, he was a cop slash SWAT leader, commander. No um, way. Yeah, and then at the end of the '90s, he started his own bail bondsman. Uh, what what a know, guy! Business, yeah. And so, but uh, then he would because he didn't want to pay people to be his bounty hunter, he would become his own bounty hunter whenever people skipped out on court. So like, um, I'll so, do it yeah. myself. No, I mean he makes more money that way. So like, yeah, he did. That's it. very and, true. Uh, and so, anyways, he has a lot of cool stories like that. And then he like ran for sheriff for the county. And then while he was running for sheriff, what? the, the uh, God called him to be a pastor. So he went from being this uh, I don't I don't know what other word to use. So just bad a, man, bad, bad butt, butt of a man, yeah. <laughs> um, to you know just walking in and well, granted he was walking in Christ or with Christ rather, but uh, mm. before that, but. And then he was called to preach, and so he just kind of stepped away from all that that hustle and that's bustle, crazy. and became a pastor. I feel yeah, like that's a hard lifestyle to just walk away from too. He's well, a multi talented man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's he fighting for Jesus. He's preaching for Jesus. <laughs> that's right. All. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, so it uh, he's very interesting, ought to say the least. And so he had, <laughs> he had like, but this was back when. Have you all ever seen Walker Texas Ranger? Oh yeah. Yeah, so this was back in like the nineties. Like my, my dad didn't have cable, so we watched all that stuff. Yeah, and that's the best show, honestly. But no, he he literally like he had snakeskin boots, snakeskin belt, cowboy. No hat. way. He was the cop that looked like Walker Texas Ranger. He and was the cowboy. He was a ca- no, he is a cowboy. And uh, so, anyways, but uh, I'm getting off topic here. But uh, we're good at that. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, so, oh, wow, that's this. I think this is my my favorite demonic. Uh, interview. <laughs> um, obviously this is my first demonic, one. I'm but, loving it. This is it's yeah. so interesting to like, well, talk the, about. Well, well, the thing is, is everybody thinks it's taboo to talk about, but I mean, in a world of spiritual warfare, it's important mm. to know these things, you know. Um, so, I, okay, I guess I'll ask you more about the Satanism aspect. So, you said you read the Satan Satan Bible, Satanism Bible. What's that called? The Satanic Bible. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> what does it say in there? Because, like, I mean. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, this was what I was going to um, explain. The thing that confused me at first was, so basically there's the um, satanic temple and then there's the church of Satan. Those are two different. What do they even learn at the church? Like, how so? Like, how are they different? So the satanic temple is actually worshiping Satan. Like, they believe in Satan. They worship him. <sighs> That's their thing. They... Aye, aye, aye. They believe that hell's going to be this big party and they're mm-hmm. going to get down dirty with Satan for a million years. Um, and then the Church of Satan, which the person who started the Church of Satan also wrote the Satanic Bible. They have a theology called egotheism. I think I got that right. Yeah. 
And so basically it's all just about how to feed your ego. They claim that they don't believe in Satan. He is just their symbol because he resembles everything that they believe. So they, (laughs) you open it up. And the first thing it says is like, do what makes you happy. If that, if that means violence, if that means anything, like Hmm. whatever. I feel like that should be the first warning. Like, (laughs) yeah, this really isn't a good idea, guys. I mean, it says do whatever you want. Well, in a world that we live in, you know, self-pleasure is, you know, yeah. the best motivator. So in the first yeah, thing you read me is, chills, man. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah I, the hmm. theme of the whole Bible of that of the satanic Bible mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> clarification. is it was just like pleasure. I, everything was about how how you can get pleasure and that no one else matters because your life is short on Earth. So you need to make the most of it for yourself and not anyone else. Oh, man. So would you you say that the ideology that um, living life to the fullest might be a, I guess, a a satanic uh, influence saying? Does that make sense? I mean, I guess it just depends on how you look at it because i mean if i were to look at how i saw living life to the fullest before i knew christ it would mean doing whatever i want and not caring what anyone thought or how i was hurting people but now whenever i see living life to the fullest i would see it as like taking a bad situation and seeing the good in it and like you know living it fully without uh you know yeah yeah whatever i feel like drowning in mm-hmm. i don't know I yeah. guess it depends on how you look at it, but the way that yeah. most people look at it, I would say that's ironic. Yeah, that makes sense. I was uh, I was thinking like because I know biblically or in the the, the Holy Bible biblically, um, we are of course told to be servants. Like the greatest of these or the greatest among you be servants. Uh, we're called to sacrifice many things. Um, of You're course, we're supposed to each... give up our jackets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when they ask for a shirt, they give them a jacket. Um, so I mean, we're. Of course, with each person, it's going to be slightly different with what you sacrifice and, and stuff like that. But I, uh, I think of, you know, to to die in this life, whether it be, you know, physically or to die, you know, emotionally. Just like, and I, I say that not like being depressed and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. you know, sacrificing your wants. I mean, um, I feel like a lot of people would view that as not living life to the fullest. And so when they hear life or you know, live life to the fullest, they're thinking, okay, well. You know, I got to spend money on me. I got to improve, you know, my I got to go travel. I got to go enjoy the thing that this world offers, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I, when you said that, uh, I guess the satanic Bible kind of preaches that self-pleasure. And I, I thought of that phrase. It kind of because obviously Satan has a grip on this world. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think I think that uh, or I rather, I guess when I heard that it kind of made me realize how much of a grip he, he truly has, you know, even on like our, our life maxims, as people might say. So, um, Codis, do you have any specific questions that might have popped up while you've been or while we've been talking? No, but <laughs> when you uh, when you were starting talking about the uh, live life to the fullest, I can't remember what verse it is, but, you know, the world says like, oh, follow your heart. There's mm-hmm. like a verse that says don't trust your heart. Because the heart is deceitful, like, mm. it, you know, and there's a big long thing. I can't remember where it is. I tried looking for, it. I couldn't find it. But yeah, don't follow your heart. <laughs> yeah, follow follow the spirit. <laughs> yes, uh, even when you can't <laughs> see where he's guiding you. So, um, okay. So what would? Uh, so you told us an example of things that you smelled before, like when you're in Target and stuff like that. Um, 
So what do you do whenever you encounter a certain smell? Um, or do you do anything? Well, well obviously, at Plug first, I didn't really understand you know, like what it was or anything. I ended up figuring out that it was demonic. So whenever it first started happening, we were still wearing masks. So I would pray... <laughs> out loud like i would walk past somebody it always happens in target i don't know what's up with target that's why you go to walmart that's why we have walmart's here man (laughs) (laughs) yeah walmart no i hate walmart but um yeah so uh, the funny thing was it always was Mm -hmm. on people that look sickly Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just that i saw them as sickly i have no idea but yeah. they always hey, the church is for sickly. the broken and the sickness. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's I mean, just the thing I thought of. They just they either looked depressed or mm-hmm. they looked like they were actually dying. Like there are a lot of old people that have this smell and it's not the regular old people smell. No, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, One really so, sad thing was my, my grandma hugged me the other day and it's the first time I've hugged oh. her since I got that and I, I smelt it on her and it's mm. yeah. But no. um, so what do you do, I guess, when, like, do you pray for or, like, do you talk to her maybe? Like, what do, what do you do? You know, I feel like it's probably different in every situation. Yeah, so whenever we had masks, I would just pray under my mask. Because if I'm being honest, I haven't taken full, I haven't taken full stride in it yet because I don't fully, like, I'm still reading about it. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, so this I is a newer pray, thing then? Yes. Okay. Maybe, like, three months. Oh, okay. Yeah, very nice. Um, so that's why I started reading the Bible from the beginning so, to read into all of this kind of stuff. But so I would pray under my mask for people. If I saw them around Target, I would just pray over them, like whatever um, spirit has a hold of them, like God, uh, show yourself to them over that spirit. Because, you know, if you mm. if you ask for like a demon to come out of a random person, that's that's not safe. They have to be, they have to fill themselves with the Holy spirit to be protected. There's a verse Mm -hmm. in the Bible that, Mm -hmm. um, it says like, uh, if an unclean spirit goes out of a person, it goes through a waterless place Mm -hmm. and then, um, it returns to the house and sees it empty and it brings back seven Seven worse spirits. I didn't Um, know that. Yeah. Yeah. So demons come back with a vengeance. Yeah, for sure. So are losers. (laughs) But the, this whole thing is that I haven't actually smelled that smell on any believer yet. Hmm. So that's good. That means if There's I'm going to walk there. up, if I'm going to walk up to a person and try to talk to them um, about God or try to pray over them, I'm going to have to do it to an unbeliever. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of courage. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't really, I haven't walked in that yet. I've definitely started walking in that with my with the people that I have fellowship with because I have sure. a lot of church friends, but I mean, I've only been saved for a year. So I'm trying to figure out a way to go about that. One of my friends is helping me. She started a house church and they have lots of people who aren't Christian just coming in and out all the time. I love that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I haven't fully walked in it yet. I haven't done much other than pray behind the scenes myself. I think that that's, still not bad though because you know you're still doing something you're, even though i'm praying behind closed doors i'm still praying mm-hmm. and hopefully i'll get 
I'll get there someday. Hey, we're just getting the show started. You're just warming up, you know? That's yeah. right. Wow. Okay. So, I guess going back to the, the Satanism and Satanic Bible and stuff, um, what was... Is there anything like interesting that you found uh, that's preached in the Satanic Bible in regards to what Christians or what you think Christians should know as or like how we should, uh, I guess, attack it in a sense? Like uh, anything like that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, one of the main things, and so I read this while I was not Christian, obviously. I don't know why mm-hmm. I would read that as a Christian. <laughs> I guess maybe for knowledge purposes. But mm-hmm. whenever I was reading it, one of the things I actually did identify with was the it, it preached self-love, like having confidence in yourself and, and loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And it worded it in such a good way. Not good as in holy, but yeah, in a yeah, way yeah. that... It's a sour patch kid. Want- it seems nice at first, but it's not at the end. Yeah, I wanted, <laughs> I really identified with what I was reading. Obviously, until it got to the parts where it was like violence. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, it talks so, about violence in there? I don't remember if it was attached to it or if it was in the actual Bible. I'll have to look it up and let you know later. I'll DM you or something. Um, but. It, it did talk about putting yourself in putting yourself first in all situations, like no matter what it was, like if it makes you happy, it makes you happy. And the reason I identified with it was because like without knowing God's love, you're very selfish, you're very prideful. And I mm-hmm. think that's what a lot of everyone is today. And even some Christians, I don't think some Christians have still gotten through that. I don't think actually, you know, I haven't even fully gotten through that sometimes. <laughs> Sure. I'm yeah. still selfish a lot. We're all selfish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think that's the root of all sin right there is selfishness. Yeah. Pride, yep. Mental health being such a big thing right now and learning to be confident and, um, you know, not let others get you down. It can easily be turned sideways into a I'm going to put myself first and not care about anyone else because my mental health is most important. And mm-hmm. what I learned whenever I started reading the Bible was that it's not yourself that's most important. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, um, you are an important person and you are loved, but you are loved by God. Yep. And humans get the most satisfaction. I've learned that I get the most satisfaction whenever I'm helping other people. And that could yes. be even prideful in itself. But in the end, I'm still going to be putting that person in front of myself. Mm-hmm. Even if my insides are like, Sometimes doing it for gratification, you know, self-gratification. Sure, sure. I think a lot of us do that sometimes. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so one of the things that really makes me so sad is this. there's a Christian movement going on. I don't know if you guys have read anything about it, where it's it's basically a self-love preaching where oh, all, yeah. of the, all of the sermons are about how God can make your life better. Your life better. And I'm not necessarily saying... Um, uh, What's that type of gospel where you can like get prosperity. money? And, yeah, I'm not necessarily Joel Olstein. prosperity, but even just the sermons that are like talk, they're biblical. Like they will mm-hmm. show biblical evidence of um, how you can live your life better, but it's all about you. It's not about mm-hmm. God. Like the sermon isn't about how you can know God and how you can love God. It's about how how much God loves you and how important you are. And that's awesome. And God does love you. And I think that's really important to know whenever you first 
come to Christ so that you can understand God's love. But then after that, it's about knowing God so that you can treat others like he would treat them. That's right. And so it does irk me. And that's something that the Satanic Bible um, preaches and something that some Christians are still preaching. And it's very weird. Wow. So you, uh, I guess the, the thing about the satanic Bible, that I guess to kind of sum it up that you want other Christians to know, to, you know, kind of stay away from is the, the self prosperous aspect. Yeah. So okay. self prosperous and, um, the, the, the too much, too much confidence, all the pride coming in with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's very helpful. I know in my life as well. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so I guess that's from the, the satanic Bible, uh, the thing that you would want Christians to learn. But what would you say um, is the most important biblical lesson that you've learned this far in your life and what, that you want to share? I, I think the biggest one for me is um, a godly confidence. There's mm-hmm. I don't see I don't know how controversial this will be. we like controversy okay oh yeah so um one of the things that i learned right whenever i got saved was that my mental illness i i i have power over that and a lot of christians still to this day i'm even my best friend she will argue with me that people are just born with mental illness and Mm -hmm. and i do agree that i don't think there's anything wrong with um medicines if that help be super dependent on it for sure um but i i went through so many stages where i would i i conquered one mental illness at a time over a period of like a year and now i mean whenever i was in sixth grade i would get sent home every week for having anxiety attacks and puking in school and i was like 12 and now i don't even remember the last time that i Wow. crying that is awesome. like in worship and i'm not saying this in a boastful way at all yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying this in a way that like you like god loves you he doesn't want you to suffer and so you do have power over that in jesus name but you have to make sure that it's um you know it it's in jesus name and for a purpose but um the confidence heart part is really hard for some people i think because they kind of like to wallow in sadness i don't know what's up with that why (laughs) why do humans love to like wallow in their sadness it's it's a place of comfort like i from what i've experienced i feel like when you're sad and like because i used to be very depressed and stuff and i used to turn on sad music every night and just cry my room but for me it was a place of comfort like it was just me i could let it all out i was just comfortable in my own little bubble I don't know if that makes sense at all, but it's just comfortable. Like, it's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. And sometimes, I mean, I haven't probably cried in three months, but whenever it does happen, it comes all out at once and I Mm want to wallow in it. And it's totally normal and human. But I did pick up a little trick along the way because I just caught on to what was happening. I mean... I remember one time I was walking around Target. Everything has to do with Target. <laughs> I hey, was I mean, so, if it works. 
It, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was really angry that day. Somebody, somebody messed up one of my orders or something, and I was just fuming. I have anger problems. No, I don't speak that on myself. I don't have anger problems. But anyways. <laughs> you um, go. You know, I like that, this. That okay. was powerful. <laughs> um, but, Power over your words. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to be angry. And I just started, I was like. There you go. No, nothing angry is allowed to have a place in this home in Jesus' name. And Jesus, you do not, like, you don't want me to be angry. I was just, I can't pray. Oh, yeah. Spot right now. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> going off like that and you know what five seconds later I wasn't angry anymore and so then I just started doing that every single time that I was down in the dumps and um obviously like sometimes it doesn't fully work you're not gonna be immediately healed sure from everything but God doesn't promise you happiness God promises you joy and peace oh say that again yeah, for the people in the back, I don't think they heard that. <laughs> God doesn't promise you happiness. He promises you joy and peace. And so wow. if you take those, um, you take those, like the sadness and the anxiety and you bring it to God, you may not necessarily get healed right on the spot, but you will feel a peace and know that you're going to get through it. And I personally was like delivered from some of mine. It takes time, but during the moment that's what you have and i think that's really important to remember so that you don't wallow in your sadness all the time <laughs> wow so you you asked the question you know why do people wallow in our sadness and and i use i don't know i try to think about things in a biblical manner usually and so i was trying to think like while you're talking about why we would you know and apart from like the basic answer of like oh it's because of our imperfect nature or rather our sin and stuff like that um and this is this is just, I guess, theoretical at this point. But I wonder if it's the impact of, and and Madeline, you probably know better than I do. But I wonder if it's the impact of, of demonic activity in our lives. So, like, would you say that uh, anxiety and depression can be a form of a demon or a form of a spiritual warfare? Oh, hun, that was the <laughs> that was the. <laughs> Whenever I was praying that first time, that was the first thing that came out of my mouth, and I didn't even know what it was. What? The first thing that came out of my mouth was, um, I rebuke the demon, whatever demon of anxiety is upon me in mm. Jesus' name. And I didn't even know if that was mm. So, Okay. So you're telling also, me. Go ahead. <laughs> also, this, this was a really important verse to me back whenever I was um, looking into this stuff a lot. Second Corinthians twelve seven, it says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded to the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul right there is saying that he had a demon in his flesh that it was like, like it was attached to him and he was praying for it and it would not go away. And, um, well, I could go into the whole background of that. Basically it has something to do with a tent pole that would mm -hmm. take too long, <laughs> <laughs> but a messenger of Satan was there to harass him. And he was saying that he was, um, the the thorn in the flesh was basically him saying that he was in like he was in mental pain mm. and um 
that it was a messenger from Satan. He addressed it in the scripture that it was a messenger from Satan. And so I 100% think that mental illnesses have a lot to do with that, that they are demons. I don't think God would want, um, obviously God would not want us to be in pain, mental pain. Yeah. So the, the answer to that would be yep. demonic spirits. Anyway, sorry, I'm blabbling. No, no. we no, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the best part of this, uh, this podcast is the blabbering. So, um, okay, so you're telling me that if I'm experiencing anxiety or depression or um, any sort of, I guess, feeling or emotion, that we have complete control over that emotion, we have the ability to change it with the power of Jesus Christ, and we can rebuke these demonic spirits of anxiety, of depression, of all these bad things. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to reiterate that. Well, I mean, part of that scripture that I just read, though, um, it does address that some of those some of those demons, like, they're going to be there. Like, you're not mm-hmm. getting rid of them type of thing. Yep. Yep. Um, if we were ever fully free of our flesh, which is basically, like, just demonic holds on us, I guess, mm-hmm. is my, I, I don't know. We'll have to get into that another time. But um, <laughs> if we were fully free of that, then what what would we need God for on earth? Like, that's meant for us in heaven. Absolutely. So it's kind of pointless on earth. And he said that his power is made perfect in weakness. And that's because when you come to him in prayer, when those things are happening, that's whenever his power is made perfect. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like that. (laughs) But so the reason I'm kind of, I sound redundant, but the reason I'm asking these questions repeatedly is simply because I think a lot of people fail to realize um, how, great our god is and and so when i say amen. that amen like, say that again so real quick people fail to realize how great our god is and like oh, and he's so great I, man i say that but like it sounds almost passive because i said it so fast and so the reason i'm trying to reiterate these things is because like we have the authority to change our lives to to impact god's kingdom in a positive way we have that yes. authority we don't have to wait for opportunities to be thrown at us you know but we have that authority to go and make change and so when I, when I keep asking for you to, I guess, kind of make or reiterate these points is because I know there's a lot of people listening to this that feel like they don't have that control. They don't feel like they have that uh, mentality or they, they feel like they don't have that power to go and do these things. And so um, just hearing another voice, you know, saying that we have that power, we have that authority and we have the, the know-how. We have, of course, the, the lion standing behind us. Um, it, it's, it's a really powerful thing. I once heard the story of uh well uh, have you all seen the lion king yeah <laughs> good okay. who has it is that okay, a question was that yes. a real question Sadly, i hadn't seen it until headless. three months ago so actually what? you taught me at a good time okay well good, not good. The, we're not talking about the live action monster. No, no 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 we're talking, talking i haven't even seen that yeah i hadn't either i'm talking about the cartoon um but the second one sucked so there's a, a point where simba's looking at the uh the hyenas and they're like coming up like growling at him or whatever and so uh, at one point he's he uh goes to roar at them right and it, it's um, <laughs> yeah. anyways the first one sounds like really like squeaky and like roar. pathetic and then he, he you know kicks <gasps> his he kicks his feet again and the next thing you know is like a huge big roar right <laughs> and, but, oh, yeah. but little little did he know behind them he's got this huge line standing behind them and uh it's kind of like that with with us you know sometimes we face these demons in life and we're that little peep, pip squeak of simba and uh, little do we know, we t-shirt idea. <laughs> little, little do we know that we've got you know God standing behind us. He's about to roar for us. He's about to fight for us. And uh, I think that 
you know, people just don't realize that. But well, anyway, we have the well, creator you know, of the universe on our side. Like, yeah. it's so crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a beautiful thing. I do think I love God. I'm just saying, I don't mean to look at the negative part of this at all. Yeah, at all. But um, if it's it has to be, it has to be like prompted by the Holy Spirit, though, because one of the things that I see so mm-hmm. now is mm-hmm. a lot of people just casting out demons like in random people. And I don't know if they're necessarily anointed. It's almost like a, mm-hmm. a, a prideful thing. It's like an event for them. It's like a fun yeah. thing to do whenever it's really like, it's meant to be prompted by the Holy spirit. And I don't say this just from scripture. I say it because like the times that I've really like actually like seen deliverance for myself, like actually felt a weight come off my shoulders or a, mm-hmm. like I've been praying over a person. And I feel them like kind of start to tremble nothing crazy happens, but you can tell something's happening. Mm-hmm. That's because it's a prayer that I didn't even plan on praying. It was something that the Holy Spirit was like, no, you like you need to do this. And so if it you're says, in a situation it where that, this is, sorry for interrupting, but uh, it says oh, in Corinthians, I think it says that prayer from the Holy Spirit is more effective than our prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just that, that kind of yeah. fit in there. Yeah, no, it does for sure. And I think if you're really struggling, that's like the Holy Spirit prompts you to do those things. You don't, you're mm-hmm. not even going to be constantly thinking about, Oh, should I be like rebuking a demon off of me right now? Like, <laughs> he's going he's to let you know. You'll know. And that's a really good distinction to make. Um, Cause a lot of times, you know, when we encounter demons, I, I guess we're, we're at uh, more of a disadvantage than you cause we can't smell them necessarily. Um, but uh, <laughs> when we encounter these demons, you know, like sometimes we're like, is that really a demon? Like, do I really need to do something? Like, do I really need to pray? I that? always like, double exactly. Guess. Like, even if like, exactly. even if God says something, I'm like, did God really say that? Or was that just me? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I have such a bad problem with double guessing, I guess you could call it. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I think that's natural, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, you Human know, it's nature real- to doubt. Sure. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, just simply because of the fact that um, I think humans are inherently doubtful. I think that's why the Bible talks a lot about faith and doubt and how they relate and, and all of this stuff. Um, and, and you know what? We're probably taught to be doubtful. Um, I know. And mm-hmm. I don't know, even like the, in our school system today, like it, it's not very good at teaching critical thinking. Right. No. But, but in the, the, the circumstance or in the chances that they are teaching to be critical thinking, it's in regards to like, say, um, well, maybe they aren't teaching you. The church is teaching people this to be critical thinking of like, uh, sorry, evolution, stuff like that. So, like, the things that we are taught to, you know, think about, um, it's in terms of doubting and then coming up with possible, possible solutions and all that fun stuff. So, um, anyways. That makes sense. Getting off off, off of off topic. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So, what would you say, uh, Madeline, about uh, the Holy Spirit? So, you said that you've never spelled the spirits on a believer. So... Does that mean that a demon cannot necessarily, quote unquote, possess a believer? Scripture tells you straight up that um, a demon cannot um, possess someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit because. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you are good then. Filled with it. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. I guess maybe I'm just, there's a lot of godly people around me or something. Like they really are filled <laughs> with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, I have not smelled that on anyone. I did. Um, I have smelled it on my grandma who says she's Christian, but she's not mm-hmm. actually, she doesn't actually go to church. So maybe that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right there. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, and we. I guess we can talk a little bit about that. It's going to be off topic from your your demons, I guess. But in regards to the the truly saved, I guess I could say, like, how do you know if you're truly saved, right? Um, you know, I I think a, a lot of people these days, that, at least, that's a that, tough question there. Well, and I, I wish I remembered word for word the TikTok that I made uh, a while back. But uh, I just posted it today on TikTok. I watched it. I just don't remember what it is. But uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people I was raised up because I, I went to this private school from sixth grade to 12th. Like my parents were trying to protect me, which they did. Um, and so but a lot of them and, and shout out to y'all if you are listening, um, a lot of them were fake Christians. And I, and of course, I'm not the I can't judge a person's salvation by any means, but I can, based off of their fruits, gauge where their salvation lies. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, based off of their actions, based off of their work, based off of their fruit, I can, you know, and their characteristics or their personality, I can kind of tell. But, um, you know, I just a lot of people don't don't get it. A lot of people think they're saved. A lot of people think that because they went to church when they were a kid that they're saved or because they said inherited words. faith. I talked exactly. about this. Exactly. This is a whole sermon. And, you know, because they, you know, said the words when they were eight, you know, or when they were a little itty bitty and they, you I know, got, got baptized. I got baptized when I was a baby. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Yeah. And, and it's, and a lot of people, you know, credit that to be like, oh, Isn't it's a works. Calvinism where it's like once saved, always saved. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just know, weird. A, a lot of people credit that to being like, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, to, to like a works based salvation. Like, oh, well, if, if you aren't saved, when you say those words and get baptized and that means it's work-based salvation. No, it's not. Um, now granted works are a byproduct of faith. So if you're truly saved, you will have good works or good deeds. And likewise, you'll have mm-hmm. the fruits of the spirit talked about in Galatians. It just five. comes natural when you have faith, you want to exactly. share it usually. So exactly. that's just kind of natural. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you have works-based faith, but however, yeah. um, I mean, you Ephesians. can, you, uh, what is where it's like, you're not saved by your works, but through faith. Right? It's Ephesians. or um, Saved by grace through faith. Is that what you're talking about? Or saved? Yeah. I don't know. It's something that you're not saved by your doings. Uh, James chapter 2 talks about faith without I have it written dead. down somewhere. Um, but I don't know. I just think a lot of people forget that, you know, and, or rather they don't know that. Um, and so it's just the kind of thing where people just kind of live life thinking they're saved, but they're really not. And so a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, are going to burn in hell simply because of that. You know. Um, it's scary, but true. It it that is a very um, confusing topic. I get the impression. Well, I mean, the Bible does talk about um, there are some people that are like. There's a difference between being possessed by a demon and then being um, just like uh, there's more attached to you. Okay, like they can attach to like a believer. a believer kind of falls off the wagon and like goes back to drinking for a while. They might have like like some type of demon attached to them that is. Mm-hmm. That is true. I, I know people who have had them attached to them. And so, well, that's another thing. Deliverance really does need to be like talked about more, just because of that fact alone. But I'll write it down. <laughs> but um, so sometimes it is hard. It is hard to tell because the fruits aren't there but I do believe that that person loves the reason that I say all this is like my dad for example he has been a Christian since he was 20 he had Mm -hmm. a 10 year period where he was on drugs and drinking and he still would go wake up at 2 in the morning every night and read the bible and cry and want to kill himself and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things 
and I know like I know that God knows his heart and his works might be bad and he might yell at people and do bad things but like I know yeah like yeah he he is saved and so Mm -hmm. sometimes I just try to think like those people that aren't showing those fruits like what do they deal with behind closed doors like what what do we really know Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a good point um and there's definitely a lot of uh i'll start over and say this god definitely knows the the contents of our heart and that's what he judges right so he knows that i'm not saying you're wrong at all no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm just, I'm just going off of your, what you're saying. And so, um, you know, he, and this is just for the listeners um, listening. Um, so God knows that you're human. And I once had this guy ask me, um, a good buddy of mine, he said, um, Jared, I'm really struggling, you know, with sin. Like I keep doing this, 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 and this I'm, I'm saved, but why do I keep on sinning? Cause he was under the impression, like his church had been teaching him that if he was saved, he would no longer sin. And so I was like, dude, if that's how, if that's how it works, then, then we're all going to hell, man. I said, we're all going right in a handbasket. Like we're floating down the river. We can't stop kind of thing. And uh, I was like, dude, that's, that's not how it is. God knows that you're human. God knows that you can't be perfect. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. And that's why he chooses to to give you this love, grace, and mercy because he knows you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of within the church that is, there's a lot of, uh, misinterpretation of scripture and uh over uh, what we're over focus i'm sure there's a word for that on certain scripture like they highlight certain scripture when they they should you know maybe look at other scripture kind of be like i don't know like for example and this is just me speaking at this point maybe a little bit a little bit of a rant um but of course i'm in georgia so there's definitely southern baptist down here and uh <laughs> and so southern baptists have a stigma of their own and, and granted um I'm not a huge fan of Southern Baptist. I've gone to quite a few. Um, and I don't say that because I, I necessarily condone a lot of the things that they do or say. Um, I just, it's not for me in this generation, I don't think. Uh, but anyways, with that being said, um, most of it from what I've understood is definitely fire and brimstone. And so when you go to a fire and brimstone church for so long, it becomes depressing. You feel like, and of course, we're never going to be worthy of God's love, grace and mercy, but yet he gives it to us anyways. And I feel like these fire and brimstone churches are don't necessarily highlight the love of God. And it's all the wrath, which is fine, I guess, to an extent, because that's how Codus and I actually found the faith was through the wrath of God. And to an extent, we read Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning of the wrath of God is definitely important because that's a characteristic of God. You know, he is all these different things. Um, but when you highlight one attribute, it's like it's like me talking about my wife. Right. If I talked about her all the time. Uh, but only I talked about a certain characteristics. Like if I, if I, if I, okay, here's a better analogy. If I look at my wife and I say every single day, I said, babe, your face looks beautiful. They're like, you look beautiful. Today. Well, thank you. <laughs> but, but if I said that every single day, right, you, you, it'll get watered down for one. And two, she would start to think, well, he only thinks I'm beautiful. He doesn't think anything else about me. You know, he doesn't think, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm kind or, oh, I'm, I'm, caring or oh I'm, i have a servant's heart you know anything or or anything along the lines of who she is as a person right so i think the same goes for god a lot of these churches are teaching this uh one aspect of god and not teaching the whole aspect of god the whole uh personality of god um and that's just from the churches that i've experienced i'm not saying every southern baptist is that by any means i've been to quite a few good ones 
um it's just you know anyways that's my rant <laughs> um so, no i totally agree i've i've yeah. experienced lots of uh fire and brimstone comments in all my tiktoks so oh i'm sure and there's a ton of legalism on tiktok too but there's also mm-hmm. a ton of prosperity gospel it's, it's insane um i don't know i feel like legalism goes too far in a lot of people's minds but uh i guess that's that's just my own opinion <laughs> um you know uh, i posted a tiktok of my friend who i thought looked like a a Tim Burton character and someone commented <laughs> that it was demonic and I need to stop watching that movie. And I, I've never mm-hmm. even seen the movie. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they go yeah. in on it. Yeah. And you know, and I feel like a lot of these people, they're only repeating the stuff that they've been taught, you know, like yeah. growing up, I was told that Halloween was pagan, which it is. Um, and I don't necessarily partake in Halloween myself, but in that, and like, uh, I don't know, like all of these other, uh, I don't know, like, I lost my train of thought, but there's okay. For example, Harry Potter. I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up, right? Me so um, good. Um, well, I say good. Never, I chose I still, not I'm, to watch it. I've still never watched it. My wife is like, "We've got to watch it," and I'm like, "Okay." And then, of course, I, I kind of purposely, but not really, don't ever click Harry Potter. Um, I don't. I don't know. But just because I don't know, that's why I, I don't know. You know, I, that doesn't make any sense. But just because I don't know, that's why I don't want to watch it. Uh, I don't know if it opens doors, that is. But I feel like a lot of things open doors. But um, anyways, so uh, I I lost track of my rant. So if y'all want to kind of take over. Uh, I want to add in there that Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I find really interesting about. um, I I hope you don't get insulted by this because I'm going to mention Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, Um, no. no, no, Go ahead. It's over now. No, but here's the thing. I love Star Wars, right? And mm-hmm. I loved Harry Potter whenever I was moved out and got to watch it myself. And I loved The Vampire Diaries. And I loved, like, all of those really big, popular movie mm-hmm. TV series. I don't necessarily think that all of them are, like, you know, portraying demonic are going to get possessed. But mm-hmm. I do think that it's a something about them is so enticing your whole life is like oh i want to watch star wars buy something star wars think about star wars watch star wars tiktoks um basically it just takes up your whole mind and it's a distraction tactic like the that's the devil's biggest trick probably it's just distracting like i've said he's a good salesman because it keeps you away from prayer and you know how many hours this week i've spent watching star wars because i never go look at your screen time yeah and now i'm mad because i spent my whole week watching that and yeah i didn't even i don't think i even read my bible today that's probably not good yeah no but I yeah watched two star wars movies today <laughs> well so you, you said that the word distract reminded me of this but i don't know if y'all have heard of mike todd if y'all watch mike todd sermons um oh yeah i, I, I like to I've, i don't know i've heard a lot of bad things about him but i don't get it i don't get so, why well I don't know. We, we talk about this a good bit codis you and i but like I don't know. I, I do listen to Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd. And of course I listen to every preacher, preacher I listen to. I listen with hesitancy. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I watch specifically those two because they have very large churches and in, in the eyes of numbers, that's very successful. So I try to learn and they have very similar preaching strategies. And so I look at that and I analyze because I'm an analyzer. Codis, we talked about this and I analyze what they're doing, what they don't do. And I analyze that with like churches that I see in person where the, you know, maybe the, the church is small, you know, what they do, what they don't do, how things differ anyways. Um, but one time I was watching a, a Mike Todd sermon and 
this is this is something that he said that was incredibly wise. Um, which this is the only thing that I've I've I'll say that Mike Todd has said this incredibly wise. Not saying other things he's not is saying is not wise. Just think that something that stuck out with me. But it was that what Satan can't have, he distracts. And so, Madeline, I think you're right on the point with that. Um, and you know, we in our daily lives, you know, like Codus, how many times in the last week have we talked about idols? Right. A lot. I'm reading exactly. a whole book on. I read about it every night. Exactly. And so, like these idols are things that we look at every single day or these things that we think we want every single day. So Madeline, you're talking about how you're watching Star Wars for, you know, two movies instead of reading your Bible. I'm right there with you because now, especially like specifically me, like, I mean, an idol is codes by definition. What, whenever you put something above God, pretty much. What? Yeah. Anything. So like, if you just want a promotion, it can be like, you're putting that promotion above God. Like anything that takes, that takes more attention than from God is technically an idol. Exactly. Uh, I and need so, to delete TikTok. Exactly. That's me too. Like I'm on that say. same page. That's what I was about to say. Is I just I spend so much time on TikTok that like just like you, Madeline. I like I, I, I don't my get my Bible time. every single day. Exactly. My screen time is awful because it says like for the week, like I don't know, six hours on TikTok. Which granted, now because we started up this the podcast on TikTok, it's probably gonna be more because I spend yeah. so much time on it. But uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And oh, so, hey guys, uh, this is a a message for all the listeners as well. This is a, a good thing that I, um, it's a good accountability tactic that I just started with my friends. So you can go in your settings and you can set like screen time limits on certain apps. And what you mm-hmm. do is you set a passcode for once that screen time limit is up and you have your friend put in a passcode that you don't know. So then you mm. literally cannot get into the app after that. So like I can only go on TikTok <clears throat> an hour a day now. Good. And, and I'm, I'm going to have to get my wife to I do wish that. I was brave enough for that. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't even ask my friend to do it. She was just like. I bet you were mad at first. <laughs> I was kind of mad. Probably. But she was like, you want me to help you. You're asking me to help you and pray for you. But you have four hours screen time. So, like, I'm going to change it. And she just did yeah. it. So. That's good. Hmm. Well, um. Does anybody have any thoughts or questions? This has been incredibly longer than we <laughs> anticipated. It is uh, so sorry. informal, though. No, don't be sorry. That was so informational. No, is that the this, word? Yes, for sure. This will definitely be one of the episodes that I listen to a lot because I think there's going to be stuff to, to take away every single time. Oh, yeah. um, and so, Madeline, for, for real, thank you so much for, for joining in and sharing us not only your – I guess your uh, spiritual gift of discernment, but also with sharing your story, your testimony. Um, I'm I'm gonna be praying for you. I mean, that's that's a crazy, um, powerful testimony. And and like I know each this is just gonna be me kind of babbling a little bit, but like I know each testimony is perfect in and of its own way. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever whenever I hear testimonies of yours, like I feel like it pales, or like my testimony pales in comparison to yours. No, um, never. Yeah, and I know that you know they're they're you know they can all be used for a specific purpose. But like, just the just the way that you uh, encounter Christ, it, it, you realize you were at a point mm-hmm. in your life where you realized you needed a savior. I guess you could say. And in my life, I, my dad was a pastor, like I talked about. And so I was raised in this loving household. I was, you know, I was, I was raised in church. I was raised in all these things. And so my coming to Christ was very, I guess, gradual. I could say there wasn't necessarily a pivotal moment where I realized, you know, like, look, I need Christ. Well, which, I mean, I guess there was, but like, it wasn't, let's see. So I guess to tell my story a little bit. Um, so, cause I haven't, I guess I haven't done it on the, uh, the podcast yet, but I'll keep it brief. So, um, 
came across when I was 14. Uh, then I lived life a little bit. Um, admitted to being Christian, you know, all throughout high school, that was an issue. People that ever had questions that come to me. Um, I was definitely knowledgeable, but I lacked the relationship aspect. Um, and so then, of course, after uh, high school in my first year or two of college, I ended up kind of breaking down a little bit, getting pruned, as I was saying before. Um, and so with that being said, like everybody's always like I went to this uh, this Bible study group with people from my dad's church a couple of weeks ago. And I go there and they're talking about like how imperfect they were when they were like my age. And they're like, man, if we were just as good as you are at your age and like all this stuff, I'm, I'm sitting there like you guys just really like. <laughs> look at me like I'm perfect or something. It's like, I, like, believe me, I'm not. And so, um, and so I ended up just saying something along the lines of it's, you know, it's all a facade because at the time it was, and, and people don't realize that it's like, I was learning these things so that I could put on a facade because, Oh, I'm the preacher's kid. I, I have to be this kind of person. Yeah. And so when, when people hear me say, Oh, it's all a facade it's because for the longest time it was, and so, like, the reason I know some stuff is because I had to fake fake it till you make it. You know, that's what my dad always taught me. Mm-hmm. And and so I feel like it's probably not a good thing to be taught. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's honestly like one of those things that I look at it now and like, well, I'm glad I was faking it because now I've made it. Uh, but anyways, um, so I, I'm right there with you. The part of the reason why I ended up, uh, I guess, the pruning phase was because of a, a relationship failed at that point. And so I think that's how a lot of people kind of kind of find Christ, which um, you know, all in all is good and well, but, uh, obviously I'm with my wife now, so all is well. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, uh, I, I, yeah. Anyways, that was just like a little side rant. Um, I, I think those are just as beautiful. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, there's a lot less hurt in your life like that in a, in a pity way. I'm saying yeah, yeah. in a way where you are probably able to, to heal people and relate to people better than someone who has a lot of hurt in their life and then came to God. You know what I mean? Like you have knowledge from the very beginning where you've been, you've been gaining wisdom since you were a small child. And so you're going to be a lot more um, equipped and more level headed than someone who has just gotten saved. Even if their testimony is like, off. that would make sense based off of conversations I've had with like people that actually listen to me. (laughs) Um, and I say that because like, 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 I guess what you're saying, you know, like people that are trying to find Christ that have, have like have a, a crazy background of like, I just can't relate to necessarily. I mean, I found like the first time I heard of Jesus, I was sitting on the toilet. My mom was on the phone, like when I was three, I kid you not. And so, um, anyways, that's a story in and of itself. But, um, you know, like the conversations that are the most productive about Christ are the people that are in the same boat as me, which of course I've talked about before how there's a lot of people in the church today that feel like they're saving or not. So I guess that's my demographic of who I can help. But yeah. uh, you have, you have a really, and I say demographic because I guess that's a sociology. Now, so I kind of think in terms like that a bit now, but uh, you definitely have a, a demographic that is, I guess what we're looking for is more dramatic, but in a sense of, they're at a make it or break it kind of moment. And in terms of drama, that's <laughs> and like in movies and stuff, that's like, you know, an awesome moment. You know, if you can save somebody from their make it or break it moment, like it's just, it's fantastic. And of course, seeing you in that make it or break it moment, it seems like, cause you were right there, at, you know, right there at the edge. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Seeing where you've come from that. And so, uh, I am, I respect you, of course, but I, I admire you in a lot of ways because of the, the, the way you've kind of 
found Christ through everything. So um, thank you again. Well, I say well, all that. Glory be to God, not to <laughs> That's me. Right. You know? well, glory yes, be yes. to God. <laughs> but thank you. But uh, so thank you again for coming on the show and, and talking all the, you know, being open about all this stuff. Uh, I know it's not always easy to talk about past and, and uh, really anyways. So yeah. I, thank you I for having help. me. I love talking about all this stuff anyways. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, we'd love to have you back on the show um, whenever, by any means, uh, if you just, if you get bored, you say, Hey, I kind of want to be on another episode. Like, we just talk about the Bible. Cause like I said, we're going through a Matthew series right now. If you ever just want to talk about the Bible, feel free to just reach out to us and we'd love to have you back on. Cool. I'm talkative. I'll probably do it. Oh no, no, <laughs> I, I kid you not. We're all for that. <laughs> uh, we're pretty talkative too. If you can't tell. Um, so, but with that being said, uh, well, we Cotus kinda... has been silent for a while. He's probably ways you don't even need no, to tell him. We're no, getting off. I, no, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't, That's I don't funny. know. I just haven't had anything to say. Sometimes it's good to kind of sit and listen. Yeah, um, like, I, I don't know. I, got, I forgot I was like talking, I guess. I was just listening, like, oh, this is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but with all of that being said, we'll kind of wrap it up with this. So, Madeline, we, uh, we close each episode, oh, yeah. we, we pray, and then we close it out with quote unquote Godspeed. Um, so it just means, you know, good luck on your journey, but typically in a spiritual way. So may God bless you on your journey kind of thing. So, um, so Codis, do you mind praying us out? And Madeline, do you mind closing us out with a good old Godspeed? Sure. Sweet. All right, I'll start the prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you again for letting us meet with Madeline. Uh, thank you for letting her tell her story and her experiences, God. Please let this episode at the right people, because I know a lot of people are going to benefit from this episode, hearing about her, listening to her stories and everything, God. Um, Lord, every time everyone in the world steps out of bed, let them know that you love them, God, and you are there. And that no matter what, you will never leave nor forsake them, God. And like I always pray, God, let us be able to plant forests in your name, God. You say this, the faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. So let everyone plant a little seed in someone so they can all move mountains with each other. Um, love you, God. Uh, I hope you're having a great day. Amen. Amen. Godspeed. <laughs>